Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, we're going to deal with something that is uh, is vitally important to some people that are really important. We've learned a lot about post-traumatic stress and the effect that it has on people, especially, you know, people who, frankly, go through hell on a daily basis, talking about veterans and emergency personnel. Um, they often encounter the very worst of humanity as part of a day on the job. That's what they always say. And, I, you know, I've actually spoken with them and done different stories on post-traumatic stress disorder among firefighters. And they say, your worst day ever? That's what we do before our coffee break. And then we do it again and we do it again. Like the moment that sort of stands out as your worst day in your life, that's what they encounter all day long. That's the job. And we've learned how that impacts them. We've also learned a lot about ways to help, but there's still some pretty big holes. And now some important work is underway to try and fill in those gaps. We're going to chat with Dr. Tim Black, one of Canada's leading experts on mental health support for veterans and first responders. Dr. Black, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You know, like I say, I, I remember doing a story with uh, the Calgary Fire Department back in mid-90s about post-traumatic stress, and it was pretty early at that time, but we were starting to become aware of it. How far have we come? I mean, there, obviously, there's still work that needs to be done, right? I think so. I, I think we're in, a, we're in a very different spot than we were back in the 90s. I remember that time well where nobody really knew what we were yeah. talking about. So I, I'm actually pretty encouraged. There's actually some really good treatments for PTSD these days, some very effective things, and lots of people are really understanding that. So that's the, the definitely today that's the encouraging news is that if, if you've been traumatized, there's some really helpful treatments out there that if you find the right person and you can get into it, then you can actually really start to work on getting out of the hole of trauma, as it were. And as you mentioned, if you find the right person, is that sort of like, I mean, it's not a mystery. We have very good evidence around the kind of treatment that works here, but not everybody has access to it. I mean, when you say find the right person, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, I, I think my my big thing thinking about this, when you think about what's the gap, is that we've got very, very skilled clinicians and we've got injured people who need the help. And I'm not entirely sure that we're always able to match those two people up all the time as well as we can. And so to me, that's the tragedy is that you've got very helpful people and very injured people. But for whatever reason, in this particular space, it's a little bit harder to bridge that gap. So that's part of why when we're looking at the, the course that, that we're going to be talking about today, mm-hmm. that was the effort is to try to close that gap um, between those two people. And I can imagine if you're if you're a veteran or you're a first responder, dealing with PTSD and you're you're walking into a therapist's office and they just don't seem to get it, that's got to be incredibly frustrating and make it that much harder, right? Well, I think you you just hit the nail on the head. It's that first time to sort of connect with somebody and, and sort of open access to the work is, is really crucial. And I think in terms of people like first responders, military, they have such a very different experience than most of us in the civilian world that, that, that their experience really isn't like most of the clients that will come in. So understanding why that's different, understanding the kinds of things that they do deal with, and then how to approach that really to, to sort of remove the barriers to them staying, I think is really what we're talking about is if they get there, 
Now the trick is, how do you get them to stay long enough so they see that, oh, I can take advantage of this this treatment that might help me? And like you say, it's that first step that would probably make all the difference, because conversely, if you walk into an office and immediately you feel, okay, I'm heard, I'm understood, they know exactly what I'm talking about, now the door is opened and it must be just a huge relief. It is. And so I think there's two things that I've heard, and this is just listening to people who've come through our programs, largely funded by Wounded Warriors Canada, um, you know, and, and they've been the biggest partner for me in terms of developing this stuff, is two things. One, I went and I, the first session, I never went back. You know, I, I, I told the, the therapist one story and, and I, I saw the person's eyes tear up and I just knew if that if they were going to tear up at that. To me, there's the gap there because for a lot of therapists, like, that's not a problem. You can, you can have an emotional response. That's not a bad thing. However, However, when you're working in that community, that first response might be an put off-putting. The second thing is that people will, a lot of first responders, they'll go diligently to therapy, but they won't necessarily tell the stories that need to be told. And what we've heard over and over again is like, you know, I go for 50 minutes. The first 20 is how is your week? The next 10 is maybe a little bit of work. And then I know they're, they're, they're wrapping up because it's a 50-minute hour and they can only bill for six sessions. And I, so I'm just not even going to open that, that hurt locker. That I got a whole host of stuff in there. There's no way I'm going to open it up and then have to go back home after 50 minutes. So some of the stuff we're encouraging people to consider is to sort of amend how they would normally do things as a way to open up the door for people to stay, but then also if they do stay, to actually get them to try to get into the stuff that's actually harming them and that's actually holding them back. And so you, that's the course that we're talking about that you've developed. You've come up with an online course for therapists to access. I mean, it, it does, is it is it the things that we're talking about here? I mean, or obviously a therapist is on a different level than just somebody talking on the radio. So is it how, what kind of things are you trying to instruct them? Yeah, we're, we're trying to give them a window into what we've found. And again, like the teams that I work with across the country and the therapists, we, we all listen very carefully to what people tell us works. And I think that's the big thing. And then in partnership with the Atlas Institute and Wooded Warriors, they're really the ones who drove this to get this, this to come forward, um, is teaching people the stuff that we've... like. We're not the, the smartest people on the face of the planet, but what we do do is really listen to what people have told us. And particularly for me, I've been doing this over 20 years. If there's one thing I feel like I've done well and I don't do everything well is I've listened and said, hey, what's, what, how do we do this better? How do we keep people, what, what would you recommend we do next time so people don't want to, you know, run, run screaming from the room? Like, mm-hmm. how do we, how do we create an environment where people feel like, no, this is the place I belong? And it's that kind of collective wisdom where I've, taken what I've learned through my contact with my teammates and then also really from the people who are there as first responders and military people. I've really taken to heart what they've said and tried to package it in a way to say, hey, here's what people have told us worked. We've tried it. We've found that people stay if you approach it this way because they feel comfortable. And so we little nuggets like that. Like So there's a, there's a few different sort of highlights I could point to if, sure. you're, if you're curious. Yeah. Um, one of them is that as you, you started off just, just sort of what we hear all the time is like, you know, the fact is they see trauma beyond probably what most normal people would ever see in their lifetime, bar none. The, The numbers of trauma and traumatic events that they're exposed to is beyond the pale. So in some ways, they have a lot more robust experience, and you don't, you don't necessarily have to treat them the same sort of careful, I don't want to use the word kid gloves, because therapists are just sensitive to trying to create a good environment. But some of the training we are normally get is like, you know, really create a place of safety, ensure people they're going to be, they're going to be listened to. That can sometimes rub people the wrong way, because like, like, look, I, I just, I've seen yeah. terrible, horrible things. You don't have to be so careful with me, and, and that kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. So being a little bit more 
more matter of fact. The other thing that we talk about in the in the course is they're professionals. These are what well, we call it the course for introduction to trauma exposed professionals. They are professionals in their own right. Sure. And so I usually advocate for the two professionals approach. Look, I'll be the professional, say in trauma therapy. You be the professional in being a paramedic or a police officer or you know a, a firefighter. You you tell me and you be the expert on that side. If we bring us together and we're both at the top of our game in terms of our respective expertise, we're going to do this better together because I can't do something to you. I need you to do it with me. So trying to approach it from that standpoint rather than I'm the counselor and you're the, you're the client who's injured. And, of course, they are. So we have to have, you know, of course, all the professional responsibilities. I'm a registered psychologist. We have to be very careful to be at the utmost professional level. But interacting with people and starting the process is we're two professionals here. You just happen to be coming to me for help in my area of expertise, but you need to be the expert in what you do. And if I don't get it, you, you just correct me and we'll carry on and do better. It, it makes a lot of sense. Um, in terms of who it's being offered to, I mean, as you said, there's lots of different disciplines that offer this kind of therapy. So is it open to anybody like social workers, psychiatrists, psychologists? I mean, where, where does it stop and end? Yeah, it's, it's really anybody. The, the course is designed, I would say, for people who have a lot of experience working with first responders. It would be more like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I kind of do this similar kind of thing. I don't know that it would be revelatory for anybody who's had very successful longstanding practices. They might find some interesting little nuggets that we've used in our group programs. That, uh, But really, I would say for people who are... Maybe they have one or two people and it didn't go so well, or maybe they're looking at expanding their practice because they really do want to help. They want to try and include. That's a, it's a great opportunity to at least get a window into some of the stuff, again, that we have found helpful. That everything that we're offering in this, all these years we've done this, we've found this over and over again. This is what makes our work easier. And I guess that's the message I would say is that the work is very hard, but it does work. And if we can make it easier on the practitioner to help the person and also make it more accessible for the person coming in, again, there's no guarantees, but that's our best chance for both of us to do the best work we can. Is there a shortage? Uh, I don't know how you could define it, but in terms of people with this kind of specific training, like uh, do our first responders and our veterans have a hard time finding somebody with this kind of understanding? Yeah, I mean, how we approach trauma especially is, is kind of unique to some of the stuff that I've developed with my, my, my partner, uh, Alex Sterling, who I've done a lot of work with, with trauma resiliency training and those kinds of things. We've, we've worked together and I have great colleagues across the country and how you deliver the information really matters. So that stuff's just coming online in the last few years. We're trying to get it out there. There's, there's good trauma therapists, but I would say that the biggest struggle we have right now is when people come out of our programs is finding people who are super comfortable and very able and competent to really start the process off with the first responders and, and not sort of fall into that thing of, yeah, they're coming, but maybe they're not talking or they're like, well, I only do 50 minute sessions. I won't do a 90 minute session because that's not my practice. If so for the people who are trying to do this and want to get better at it, my hope would be that as they take the course, they'll get some windows of insight, maybe as to why some of the things they've tried maybe hadn't worked and then how to actually do it differently. So that the work becomes easier and the person is able to access it a little bit easier. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So doctor, if people want to access this course, if they're in this field, um, I imagine they know about it. What's the easiest way to get involved with this? 
Yeah, so the again, the, the partnership was between Wounded Warriors Canada and the Atlas Institute for Veterans and Families. So you can uh, go onto the Wounded Warriors website and Warrior Health. The course is there. You can contact Wounded Warriors directly and just say, hey, I love the course. Can I get, can I get access to it and start that way? Um, I think it, at last count, we're up about 800 people have accessed the okay. course. So to me, that's, that's very encouraging because we really, really want to have a whole community of therapists that feel comfortable and feel confident to do, as I said at the beginning, they're already skilled. They know how to help people. We just have to get the two parties to be able to get the work started. Once it starts and it's working, it's just like regular therapy. You just, you just do the work. So that, that's really what I'm encouraging people is if you really want to do the work with this population, this may help you actually start it so you can just do what you're already competent at. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Black, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.